0: I couldn't be more excited. and I see y'all are just as excited to worship our Lord as we turn into the Word of God. And if you don't mind, turn to Genesis chapter 3. And while you're turning there, you know I always try to preface because when you get to a sermon like this, automatically people are like we talked about last week. People are going to turn you off based on what the world says, right? And so, so it's weird to come into a church fighting against what the church has learned to accept as true and never question the world, but now we have learned to question God. So what I'm fixing to do is challenge your worldview and challenge the perspective. Did I release the youth yet? Release the youth. See ya. Um, and to challenge your perspective, and if you have questions, I'll even stay after church to answer how this may look, the practicality of it. But I can't take away the truth. I'm also going to be willing to recognize before we dive in right now, you're good, before you dive in, I want to say this. I'm going to take a passage, and if you you love your theology and your apologetics, that is primarily when you preach it in seminary or teach it in seminary, it's all about harmatology. It's about the study of sin. That's what that word means. And, 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 and sometimes when you look at a passage, you, you're going to have to take apart the narrative. And that's what I'm going to do today. So I'm not going to focus too much on the study of sin. And I'm going to focus on the unraveling of family. And the unraveling of marriage. And you're going to see it play out, if that makes any sense. So, bear with me, because I'm going to have to pick and choose the words, not necessarily pick and choose the truth, pick and choose the interweaving of the text. So, bear with me, okay? Is that fair? This is a new approach to the same text. Let's pray together. Dearly Father, we thank You so much for Your Word. Your Word is good. And that's all I have to say. And instead of me praying to you, which I already prayed, I'm going to read this passage as my prayer. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall observe it to the end. Give me understanding that I may observe your law and keep it with all my heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to dishonest gain. Turn away my eyes from looking at vanity. In Jesus' name we pray amen i don't know how many of y'all four-eyed people out there with me for those fake four-eyed people with contacts y'all fake (laughs) all right but for the people that have been rocking this since fifth grade i've always been the kid with glasses we couldn't afford contacts Uh, my brother got contacts i'm not really sure how he's the only one but let's just move on all right but I had these four eyes for a long time, and if you've ever been to an ophthalmologist, if you've ever been there, if you've ever been there, what do they do? They put you in front of this machine, and then they block one of your eyes. First of all, that's cheating, because we all know you can see better if you have both of your eyes. Some of us, it's not smart to do this, but we're so ashamed of our eyesight. I don't know how many of y'all have cheated before you got in there. You were like, let me see if I can memorize these lines real quick. <laughs> Some of us are trying to remember, I don't want to be the one with bad, I got horrible stigmatism, but what they'll do is they'll cover one eye so they can figure out how bad the other eye is. And what this world has done is said, you know what, let me cover one eye because I'm going to get to show you how bad the other eye is. And what I'm fixing to talk about is the fact that sometimes the man is out of the picture, so now all we get to see is the blurry vision of a woman. And then we have, they'll cover up the woman, and now we have a blurry vision of a man. So right now in this story, what you're going to find out is Satan was very good at saying, let me cover up the man real quick so I can focus on how I can get this woman. And then you're going to see the man was over there, and he was over and had his eyes closed because he didn't want to partake in his role. So we have a whole bunch of people with their either. Their eyes closed or being willing to be covered up because nobody wants to realize that their eyes are blurry, and many of us have a blurry view of marriage. So if you're single, pay attention. If you're married, ask yourself some hard questions. Because some of us have been functioning outside of our role, letting Satan talk directly to us. In Genesis, you'll see Satan creeping into the picture very uh, quickly, and he said he's very crafty. But before we talk about Satan talking to Eve, how about we focus on the fact of what they were supposed to be? What were they supposed to be in the beginning? And then you're going to say, well, then how did they divide? And if Satan can get us to divide, then how can we conquer? And many of us, and I'm going to get in trouble with the beehive real quick, because I heard they're very vengeful. Beyonce stands, and I know I'm, I'm okay with this. Because we, 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 we have allowed people in, to say, hey, we need independent women. We have allowed people to tell you, if you're not an independent woman, then now somehow you are codependent and you have to have a man. So what Satan has been very good is he's going to make you do the opposite of what God created. And the world is going to continue to perpetuate the message to tell you if you are not an independent woman doing making money on your own, driving your own car, I got my own house I got my own stuff, then sooner or later, then that means what I don't need no man I but I'm a, don't ladies ladies y'all gonna get mad at me. the beehive is already starting to buzz, but in reverse, we got a whole bunch of men that are talking about I don't need no woman so Let me get to it before y'all get mad. They were supposed to be together. And if you were hearing last week's message, I already told you that they were supposed to be doing three things together. He was just excited about the woman God gave him, that God took his rib, put him there, and and said, wow, look at this woman. And he said, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And he gave them roles. And in those roles, he said, hey, you're supposed to be in the garden together doing your purpose in which I've called and created you to. You're supposed to be making sure this happens. And Satan, knowing that the family structure, if he could just mess that up, up. He can mess up the world. If he can just cover one eye, everything gets blurry. And he knows this already, and he starts to approach. But just for a recapping, in Genesis chapter 21, it says, when he was done, they saw it was good, and it was innocent. And then you talk about the fact that they had their roles, they had a worker, they had a helper, they were not supposed to be together. He said, it's not good for them to be, what's this word? Alone. So, all these things God worked out to put things together, and Satan wants to take it apart. But it's easier to beat up one person than to beat up two. So, guess what happens? Right here in Genesis chapter 3, and I'm speeding up. I, that was a summary. If you didn't get that last message, we're starting in the middle for you. And so, you can always go to YouTube. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Now, this is going to be some quickie, some little tricky theology, but I don't have super a lot of time to break this down. God made the serpent. Some people are questioning whether God didn't make the sin, but he had made the serpent. Now, some people believe Satan indwelled the serpent. Whatever theology you want to get to, you get to a point where he said he was more crafty. Now, this is what I want you to understand while Satan is tearing apart marriages and family. Does he do it blatantly? Absolutely not. He does it crafty. That means he's not coming to your face and say, get a divorce tomorrow. No, he's just going to slowly deteriorate the Word of God. He's going to start to change and make you feel like that's just not good enough on the Word of God. So when I preached last week, I had to question and change to the purest view of what God created. So what I'm doing is saying, let's go back to what God created because over time, Satan has been very crafty in taking one word out at a time. And some of us have fallen for it. That we, God, Satan is like, you know, you don't need no man. Just be an independent woman. This, all men are bad. He just consistently picks at the message, making sure it's crafty enough for you to fall for it, slipping into songs with good beats, making us believe that Nicki Minaj is more of truth than God's truth. He has made it this way. And all of a sudden, you get to a part where it said he was crafty, but then he starts to talk to somebody. Who does he start to talk to? And as the Lord God had made, and he said to the woman. Now, you can be like, Pierre, you're going to pick on us, and that's not, because I'm going to introduce Adam later, and I promise you, you sorry, men. We're going to get it right. But I want to make sure I say something first. Who did he talk to? All right. So there's, nobody's mad at me just yet. All right. You know what? I'm going to do it the best way. My wife, she was trying to save our family money, so she goes to this website called Sheen. <laughs> yeah. no, no, don't get me wrong, I appreciate her saving us money. But when something costs 4 dollars <laughs> It ain't real, no matter what you do. No, no, I'm sorry, ladies. I'm, I'm not coming for you. Look, if you got on Sheen right now, enjoy your Sheen, okay? <laughs> I'm finna get in trouble. Hey, I'm glad you got Sheen on. You are budgetary. I feel you, all right? But let me say something. Yesterday, she put something on. I ain't gonna say what it was. No, it was a swimsuit. And, and we was going to the pool, and she was like, it just ain't holding things together the way it should. and I'm looking at her I'm like well first and foremost I'm glad the door's closed I appreciate the fact that it's not holding it up (laughs) second what did you expect and then one time she pulled out one shirt that was from Sheen and it had a thread out and you know what happens when you pull out a thread yeah, it starts to unravel a little bit. And I guess what I'm trying to get you to understand is that we keep having a cheap view of marriage, so all Satan is doing is pulling out one thread at a time. And then we looking up like, why is my marriage not holding up? And I'm like, because you keep buying cheap views of marriage. You keep going to cheap websites and YouTube clips and people telling you how they made their marriage work. And all Satan is doing, he's going to take that one little sliver you let out, and he's going to start to pull down on it. Now, everybody else may think it looks good because you're in private, but when you finally get to a public view of marriage and a realistic view of marriage, you can realize that they were all wrong already. Satan already talking to the wrong person. Satan knew, not talking about women, not talking about weaker, I'm not talking about any of this inequality stuff. I'm saying he got one person to talk to him. It should have been what? Two of them. Now, it wasn't that they weren't physically together, they weren't spiritually together. Oh, oh! he was physically there. He just wasn't spiritually doing his job. Oh, we'll get to Adam in a second. Don't think, fellas, you escape. But for the ladies, you have to ask yourself a simple question. And I'm going to be real with you. If you go throughout the Bible, you can, you can search it up yourself for those who are going to be on their beehive type mentality. What, search it up yourself. Abraham and Sarah. What did, what did Sarah tell Abraham to do? Hey, go sleep with her because I ain't going to get pregnant. Now all of a sudden she wanna kick old buddy out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Because when you're spiritually not on the same page, you're gonna to start to make some dumb decisions. Oh, don't get me wrong, then Job's wife goes to him and says, What? Man, curse God and die. Let this go. So, ladies, I hate to say this, but you are a part of the equation. And sometimes we wanna look at our men and say, You sorry. But then you gotta ask yourself, why are you talking? You got Rebecca and Isaac, and then you also got to say that Rebecca told her son to cheat her husband out of the brother's birthright. So, I guess what I'm trying to get you to understand is that, ladies, it's funny, you'll ask for protection from a man, but then come from under the protection and then complain about the fact that you're not protected. You shouldn't have been talking to Satan in the first place. You should have said, hey, Adam, there's a snake talking to me in a tree. Next to the tree, we're not supposed to be next to. (laughs) Let me ask this question. Stop playing with sin in your marriages and your dating relationships and then wondering why you're eating. Why were they next to the tree in the first place? And then men, why in the world would you allow yourself and your marriage to get close to a sin as you possibly can and then get mad that your wife want to eat? That's like taking her to a club and saying, I don't know why you're drunk. No, she went to the club. You took her there. That's like introducing some images into your wife's mind and saying, I don't know why you're addicted. No, that's, you took her there. So, don't, don't, don't get all your stuff in a bunch because you were supposed to be next to the tree in the first place. Stop playing with sin and then asking why you ate. Man, protect your marriages from even being in the presence of sin. Too many people like to dance around that fire and then wonder why somebody fall in. But let's move on. they next to the tree, but then he starts to talk to Eve. But the tricky part of this whole passage is next what happens. It says, and he said to the woman, indeed, has God said? You shall not eat from any tree, free a tree of the garden? Watch these next words. The woman said. Now, you can be like, Pierre, are you, are you being male chauvinistic that women can't talk? That's not what I'm saying. But I'm also willing to say, I wouldn't talk, but let's do it together. That if we in this together, let's talk together. Oh, man, I'm trying to be careful, y'all. I really am because she responds when she shouldn't have responded at all. So sometimes I guess the best choice of words is don't be so quick to be independent. And I wonder how many people have run to independence as fast as they can just because one man wasn't Adam. Or one man wasn't a man at all. So you trancing off, running to talk to Satan. And I'm like, but don't don't run off to your independence. Independence is not where he created you for. That comes from a spiritual gift. If you are meant to be single, he'll give it to you. But if you want a man, he said he'll also give you that desire. But now we have men and women starting to mix up this false sense of uh, independence, or better yet, lack of true biblical dependence, not codependence, not man issues, not I have to have a man, but you know you were built for one, and he was built for you. But All of a sudden, she starts to talk, and and I guess what you would say in 1 Timothy 2.14, I got to turn there because you're not going to like what it says, but it's a truthful statement. And I'm going to go a little faster than you for the sake of time. In 1 Timothy 2.14, it says, and it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman. You're like, well, yeah, you're mean. I didn't just read that. I didn't make it up. 1 Timothy 2.14 says, the woman was deceived. Don't get me wrong. We finna, Again, what are we, what we fixing to do later? We're going to talk about the who. Okay, but let's first talk about the fact that the woman was what? Deceived. But how do you get deceived? The only way a woman can get deceived, first and foremost, is that she don't know her word. Ladies, if you are right now, single, know your word and have a close intimacy with the person who gives you word. See, we have too many women that are independent, but also independent from God. If you are away from the, the structure of a family, then you also should be in to the protector of the word of God. But if you're single, you're supposed to be close to the person who gives you truth so you don't fall for the craftiness of Satan. That's why some of us are falling for the Satan-type men because you don't realize that God will reveal if this man is supposed to be in your life or not. But if you don't know your word, because watch what happens next. Satan is what? What is he? Watch what happens. You think I'm making this up. The first thing that Satan does is he changes the content and the purpose of God's message. Watch what he. Watch, all he does is start out with what? Indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from the tree of watch these words of the garden he left out what the only the tree one tree and he leaves out some quick words like lord god and he calls him god and then all of a sudden the words start to shift she answers and says what from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat but she left out some details i can eat from the trees of the garden of evil. i just can't eat from this tree you know, the first thing that God's going to make you feel is if God is restrictive. How many of you walk into your faith thinking, like, I can't do this, I can't do that. He's telling me I can't do this. So the first thing that Satan wants you to feel is like I'm, being a Christian woman is too hard. And just take off the woman. Christian man or woman, many of y'all feel as if God is restricting you, even though you are leaving out the beauty of the fact that you can eat from any other tree. You just can't have that tree. And she says it. She says, I can eat from any fruit. Then why are you next to the fruit you're not supposed to eat? One. Two, why are you mad about the fruit you're not mad. Why are you sitting there talking about a fruit you can't eat when you can go get full anywhere else? So, the first thing that he does is he changes and makes you feel restrictive in your faith. How many of y'all feel restricted right now? Like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that. And how many of us like to test the boundaries of what that restriction looks like? And I, I'm, it's funny, like, like, some of us know, like, getting high is wrong, but we'll try to get highs in other areas of our life. Some of us know that getting drunk is wrong, but we'll just get as far tipsy as we can get. What we want to do is say, God, you know what, I want to test the boundaries of this thing you're telling me I can't do. And God's like, I'm giving you everything else you can do. It ain't the lack of option of trees in your garden, ladies and fellas. It's the fact that you are looking for something that you made up. No, 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 I'm being serious. Because of your Instagram and your lust issues, you are now looking. It's not the lack of trees. It's the fact that now you're looking for a person that is, I hate to say it, selling her fruit. And you're like, well, I'm trying to look for a woman just like her. And God's like, but I gave you a thousand other pure trees. Ladies, you're not exempt. Ain't nobody built like Michael B. Jordan. I'm trying. You know how hard it was to watch Creed 3? I'm like, he going to punch again. Stop flexing. Then he changes some more words for you. I just want to get quicker with this point, but I want you to see how particular the Word of God should be. He goes, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. He changes the description. He changes the wording. He changes the title. But he only takes one word out at a time. Like if you were to study, if this sermon was about a harmatology, if I, if I had a chance to take this sermon apart for you, I would literally just point out how many words he just takes out. But he doesn't take apart a lot. He just says, oh, it's just that word that bothers you, huh? It's just that word that gets to you. So let me take it out. It's like when we have conversations right now about different issues, whether it's homosexuality, we, we have, we're trying to take words out. And God's like, no, 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 what I meant is what I said and I'm okay with what I said. The problem I have to ask our churches is, are we we okay with what he said? It's like when I sit in premarital counseling, I I have to give the three definitions for the word submission so nobody's offended in the room. They're all true definitions, but because the word has become so offensive, I now have to give eight definitions of what that word really means so that everybody can be like, okay, I'm okay with that now, and I'm like, okay, good. I'm glad we're okay with it now. But why did it take me six definitions and five, 45 minutes? It's because we have become so offended by truth and so acceptance of sin. But let's, let's move on. He painted it harsh. He changes the words. He changes the purpose. He says, did he really say this? I hate to say it. It's like when you're functioning with purity. You're like, I mean, we're not doing that we're just doing this. We're not spending the night. You got up at two. (laughs) That's still morning. Did he really say? Look, if you start taking away the authority of God's word, then what are you really functioning in? Like, we have too many marriages that function without absolute truth. Like, Ladies, I'm going to tell you, you want a man who functions with yes and no's from the Word of God. Because you never have to guess where he's going. But if you want to create your own truth, then why are you mad when he created his own truth? And if you're going to create your own truth, then why are you mad when you can't find something that is true? All right, y'all don't need that. And then he talks God's character. He says, well, God knows you'll be just like him. If I can stop making you believe in God's purpose, if I can make you question His purpose, His calling, and His character, then I can attack anything I want. You know what's the hardest thing for us to do is to wait? Like if she would have just walked to another tree, she would have been just fine. But she decided to keep looking at the same tree and keep talking to the same person. It's okay if you're single. It's okay to wait. It's okay. You don't have to have that tree. How many of you are stuck in relationships with the same tree and you know the tree wrong? And you know, you've been picking at the same tree. He or she has given you the same fruit. It tastes the same way. And you still at the same tree. And I'm like, fam, go to another tree. But because we're scared of what it looks like when we stop talking to somebody who's talking back, Can I also say something? God's not talking right now, is He? Sometimes we are okay because at least somebody's talking to us. But I'm going to give you three things that are going to summarize the rest of this. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. He's been doing that same trick for centuries. The lust of the eyes, what did she say? She looked and saw that it was why do you think Satan keeps putting everything in front of your eyes? Why, why do you think that's a new trick? You think Instagram is just out there for Jesus? And I'm not saying Instagram is bad, because I have an IG. I'm not saying Twitter's bad. I'm not saying Facebook is bad, even though it's old. I'm not saying any of that. But what I am willing to say is that you think commercials, we be eating burger sexy. It's a burger. And all of a sudden, they'll have a woman eating a burger like it's a man. I'm like, no, that's a burger. Just eat the burger. She like, "Ah." Oh. <laughs> Fam, that's Carl's Jr. That burger trash. What, what, what. <laughs> Lust of the eyes. And I'm going to talk to my fellas real quick. I know I'm not there yet. But we fall for a hook, line, sinker. That's why some of us are unsatisfied with our marriages right now because we haven't learned to control our eyes yet. You know what? You know what it says? That the eyes are the window to your soul. So if your eyes are dark, so will your actions be. And some of us haven't treated our wife the way we should and all her beauty because we keep redefining beauty with what we lust after. And I'm like, no, no, no. She looks just as good as she did when you got married. Even if her body changes, her character is even more beautiful. But because you've fallen for what you want physically, you forgot the emotional and spiritual that you were attracted to in the first place. Because lust is a can of fine lust. Lust is desiring something that's not yours. I feel bad for our kids because everything's at their fingertips now. Every image, that's why I don't want my kids to have social media. Why? Because that means they are easily revealed to everything. Limit how much TV they watch. Why? Because you're consistently exposing them to the lust of the eyes. First John two sixteen talks about the same thing. He summarizes it. What's the, let me just give you this. When Satan came to Jesus, where did he come to him at? Watch the watch the. Did he come when he was with his disciples? No. Did he come when he was chilling and he was in a great place? No. He came when he was fasting and when he was weak. And guess what he does? The same three tricks. He says what? Look at the kingdoms. I can give you all that. You think I'm making this stuff up. It hasn't changed, and it's the lust of the flesh. She said, she said, it looked like it would taste good when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. And watch these words, good for what? Food. It will taste good. I'm not going to go through any type of creepy illustration for this, but I want you to understand. Many times it's the taste that gets us, or it's the belief that the next taste is better. It's it's the fact that you believe that where you are, something else will taste better on the other side. And I'm here to tell you that that lust of the flesh, that desire to taste... The desire to want to satisfy what you think you need is the easiest way to get you to keep doing it. One of the hardest things me and my wife had to do, no matter how much we struggled, was to stay away from sex. Now, it might be easy for her because look at me, but it was hard for me. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm trying to get you to understand something. It was worth every second. Because when we got married, there's no lust there. There's nothing else. I, I am allowed to look and taste. Just not before I put a ring on it and married her. He said, and, it, and that it was a delight to the eyes. But watch these next words, and I'll be done with this point. And the tree was desirable to make one wise. The pride of life. I'll be just like God. And you're like, Pierre, this is for male and female. You're absolutely right. That how many of us have made decisions based on the fact that we want more than what we have? Or we want to be like God. And you're like, Pierre, I never want to be like God. I love God. True. But how much money do you really need? How much power do you really need? How many of us are thirsty for power? Thirsty to be boss, lady. Thirsty to be this. And all of a sudden, you're like, God, I want to rule something. And God's like, I didn't ask you to rule. I asked you to be ruled. Now, you can rule on earth, don't get me wrong. Be a boss if that's what you want to be. But at the end of the day, does that drive you? Does money drive you? Does power drive you? Does control drive you? It's funny, as a parent, you'll start to realize how much you want to be like God when how many you raise your kids. How you try to control your kids like you created them. And we've fallen for that trick of every grandmama's favorite phrase I could bring, I brought you into the world and I could take you out. That is not true. I came out of you, but you didn't bring me nowhere. But isn't that true, right? Is that we've fallen for the trap that we believe we're creators, just like God. I wish I had time for every point, but I wanna make sure you get this very clearly. Adam was right there. So he goes to the lady, right? And he divided, he got her. And it says, what did it say? It says, and she took it, and she ate. She took, and she ate. Have you ever realized this took word keeps playing out all over Genesis chapter 2? That God took the rib? But I was reading this commentary, and I got to tell you the irony of these words That God was responsible for taking, but then she took ownership to take. She said, now it is mine to take. I'm going to do what God did. I want to own what he made. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Only take what he puts in your hand. Never take it for yourself. I wonder how many people are taking what's not theirs and taking what God never put in your hand. But let's move on. Because in Genesis 3.17, and I'll get there, I'm going to dive deep because Adam was a bystander. And fellas, I want to talk to you for a second because some of us have failed at leadership and have allowed the world to tell us or that we have gotten to a place where we'll stand by and let. And there's two couple reasons for this. It's because sometimes we have allowed our ladies to talk while we sit there. And I'm not talking to be a controlling man or a male chauvinistic man or you don't have no rights, man. I'm not talking about any of this. I'm not talking about a man who, who, like, controls his wife. I'm going to make sure there's no abusive stuff. But I'm also willing to say that you shouldn't be standing there knowing that somebody is presenting sin to your wife. You know what? If you were to summarize the sermon is you have a woman who seeked her independence and went outside of the structure. And you have a man who was laissez-faire and never accepted his structure. And we have too many men who are laissez-faire leaders like, whatever you want, do. Whatever you want, go do it. And no offense, you wonder how much our society has perpetuated that same issue. is that women, because the family structure has been broken for so long, where women have had to be double-rolled for so long, that A, they will never accept leadership, so the man just keeps letting you do you. And then you get mad at him. Or have men have learned to accept the women leadership for so long because mama had to be mom and dad that now a man doesn't want to talk to a woman or try to lead a woman because every time he does, he gets shot down. How long have we perpetuated this in society where the man's either choice not to speak or inability to speak has ruined our society from a person that should be standing and saying, baby, what you doing? Put that fruit down. You already know what that is. And how do I know this? Just read this verse with me and I'll get back to my point. It says this. Just stay in the same chapter, 317. Then Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife. Fellas, look. <clears throat> and I, I pray that I do this in a very wholesome way. I don't know how many fights you've been in trying to stand your ground on the word of God. But just because you've been in some fights doesn't mean you quit the fight. Just because you've tried to stand for the word of God doesn't mean God has relieved you of the right to do so. You're still held responsible for the word of God in your home. No matter how many times you get kicked, it is your job to get back up doesn't matter how many times you feel like you've tried to stand and meanwhile got slugged. God is still looking at you and saying, it's because you listen. It's because you chose. Now, ladies, I know some of y'all are looking at me like, but Pierre is tripping today. There was roles and responsibilities for a reason. Adam didn't do his So, fellas, you have a role and responsibility. Will you do yours, no matter the consequence? The question is, ladies, how much consequence are you really giving out? How many things have you removed when he tried? How much intimacy have you stripped? How many shots have you given him? But I'm going to say this nicely. How many of us just don't trust our men? Our men, period. But I'm also going to say this. Stop marrying people you don't trust. You have the right to choose. I'm trying to be... But we have too many men that have failed as leaders and then want to blame other people. And we'll get to that in a second. So he was standing there the whole time because it says this. She also gave to her husband with her. And he ate it. Who's Did she shove it in his mouth? Did she make him do it? No, no, no. She gave it to him. Another commentary said, it's funny how they reversed the word. God gave You know where I'm going. Eve to Adam. She gave the fruit to Adam. So what God was responsible for doing, the woman now took responsibility to give it. It is not your job to give God to your man. It is your job to know God for yourself. It is also... His job to knock that fruit out your hand. <laughs> now, <Nah>, man, <laughs> you go. <laughs> Have a nice day. He'll make another one. i just talking. Not both of us. All right. <laughs> we ain't going down together. <laughs> See, it's only in the movies, like you know, Titanic. <laughs> no, no, no! <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking, I'm joking. It's time. <laughs> nah, fam, <laughs> let me on. <laughs> Different type of movies. But then all of a sudden, it finishes the passes. Then the eyes of both of them were open. It's funny when they both sin. Now they both are open. You know, it's when you're doing the eye test, right? When she, you know, when they finally let it off, they let both eyes see. Don't you realize how many letters you missed? <laughs> like, like dang, I'm going to have bifocus by the end of this joint. <laughs> it's not until what? They both did it that they realized how many words of God they missed. See, look, I'm. open your eyes. But now they can both see they're naked look how many contradictions from Genesis chapter 2 to verse 3. Look how many changes have happened in the text. If I want to read to it, bone on my bone, flesh on my flesh, then all of a sudden he says, and they what? In verse 25 of chapter 2, what does it read? They were what? Naked and unashamed. They were, remember we talked about last week, they were innocent. Now we both know we're naked. See, sin entered the world now, so what you didn't know, now you know. And what you wanted to know, now you know. Isn't it a funny thing? They wanted to know what God knew. And now all of a sudden they're living with that consequence. And what was once innocent is now broken. What was now where you were to be able to be innocent and naked before your man and for your wife is now a broken system. The only way to fix the system is through Jesus. That's why it's so important to marry a Christian person. Because the only way to get back to the innocence is the forgiveness of sin through the blood of the cross. So therefore, you marry somebody who will return you back to your innocence because they believe in a Jesus who forgives. But let's get back. Because he says, now what was once created is now broken. All because somebody chose to separate and be independent. And they knew they were naked and they tried to cover. I don't have time to talk about the covering. What I do have time for is to get you to understand that when one person makes a mistake, it affects both of y'all. Oh, but we fixing to go somewhere because he got the conquering done. I was outside grilling on July 4th. You know, that's a bad idea. But one thing I'm decent at, my wife has entrusted me with is coffee and fajitas. Now she could do both. She just trying to empower me in the kitchen. So I seasoned up, went outside, got my coals ready, used the chimney, whatever thing's called, threw my coals down, spread them out, took the fajitas, you know what I'm saying? Laid them out, had some sausages going around, make sure they were cool, hot. I act like I know what I'm doing. But I was done. And I was like, cool, I'm just going to put the lid back on the top just so nobody burns themselves. I didn't think about burning myself because what I was thinking of, I was going to close the little port thingy. So I grabbed it. Usually I just tap it with my hand just to close it so I can kill the heat. I grabbed it with these two fingers. Did like this and then tried to slide it. Now, in this hand, I had the little tongy things. In this hand, I had the lid. As soon as I felt that burning sensation, I don't know what happened next. All I know was both things was in the grass. Because when you burn, you don't even think about what you're throwing. You just know everything got to go. So I said, like, you can see it now. It's bad. It, it burned through some skin skin. And I chunked it, and I chunked that, and I looked around. <laughs> Mainly because I didn't want to be embarrassed. I was hoping nobody was looking through the window. <laughs> and I realized it doesn't matter what hand you burn. They're both going to feel it. some of y'all ladies have been walking around saying, well, what I do on my own independence don't affect my man. Oh, but it does. And some of men have been walking around saying, what I do in my privacy doesn't affect my wife. Oh, but it does. Because sooner or later, y'all both throwing the word of God out. Oh, how many of y'all have argued, started off okay, and then started cussing each other at the end? And you're like, well, who's to blame? And I'm like, both of y'all. Because when you start throwing out the word of God and start throwing in your own, blame yourself. Because you took the word of God out. Now we both hurt. And some of y'all might be like, well, Pierre, I'm not even married. I'm single. Oh, yeah. Whatever you burn your, yourself with today, it will affect you tomorrow. Nobody wants to talk about this to singles no more. Because when they say you're single, they say what? You're independent, go have fun, experience the world, make sure you know, test drive cars, test drive houses, make sure you live in the same house so you can know what you want. They, they, they tell you every bad technique you can have. Not realizing that when you finally find the right person, you got to deal with all the burn marks all over your skin. I'm trying to explain it to them well, this burn mark, trust me, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> we only dated six months. I'm going to say this last part, and it's going to be male, female, but it's going to be directed towards my men. And trust me, I'm, I'm praying through next week, talking about this curse, or this, excuse me, the word, the discipline, the consequence that came after. But watch what it says here, because I think this will be the best way. In verse 12, the man said, now he has finally conquered the family. The woman whom you gave me. Bro, you got to be bold to blame God. Like, you got to be dumb, dumb. But sin will make you blame God. How many of us have been, y'all all laughing, but it's true. How many of us have blamed God for our problem? Why did you do this, God? Why me, God? I don't deserve this, God. Why this, God? But you, you are hanging on to a burnt thing. And then we'll look at our scar and say, God, look what you did. And God's like, No. He said, though, but it's funny, we won't complain about our blessings when we get them. Because he over here singing a whole poem to Eve earlier. You're a bone of my bone, (laughs) flesh of my flesh. Fam, where's your poem now? He, like, man, look. (laughs) I was good until she got here. What's funny, he probably right. He's like, man, look, man, did you notice? I didn't eat from the tree until she got here. <laughs> but I, I hate to say this, but I'm gonna say it, and I'm gonna be nice. We got too many men making excuses for their failures. We just do. Man, if I had this, I would've been better. You got a choice. Now, don't get me wrong. Does the family circumstances hurt the upbringing of of male and female? Absolutely. Is how you were raised and the decisions your parents made, does it affect you? Absolutely. But you're in this church today, so you can't keep saying, this is what you gave me. Guys, like, I did. I allowed this. But it doesn't mean it has to affect you. I'm still a restorer. I'm still a comforter. I'm still a lover. I'm still the person who brings vengeance. I am still God. You have a choice. The problem with people is that we keep doing excuses. And God's like, no, but I gave her to you so that you would do your job. Have you ever noticed that some things in your life, God allowed in your life? Stop focusing on the fact that he allowed it and stop asking what he wanted to do with it. And stop making excuses for the fact that they're present. And also, one more thing, stop complaining about your blessings. You stood at the altar thanking God for her, and now all of a sudden you want to blame her? Fam, that was your failed leadership. Accept that. Own that. But now we got too many men who are blaming everybody else. So no offense, men, it's time for you to stand up and stop blaming people. You'll get so bold, you'll start blaming God for your failure. The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave it to me. Now who's he shit blamed to? It's her fault. It is not. I'm going to be nice how I say this. It is your responsibility. God is not removing the responsibility of your role in leadership just because your wife took a fruit. I know it's quiet now. Just because she grabbed it doesn't mean you couldn't have stopped it. Doesn't mean you could have entered into the conversation. You saw this whole conversation happening, bucko. You had a shot. But now when it's over and now you sitting here with a loincloth looking all foolish. (laughs) Don't don't now turn on her. I wonder how many families will be fixed if men became leaders again. Look, man, you're married now. Be a man. Better yet, be a husband. Be a father. And even if you can't fix her decisions, you can fix yours. I know that hurts because many of us are saying, man, if my wife would just change, I would be okay. I hear more ladies laughing. But many women are saying the same thing. Oh, if he would just change, I would follow his leadership and I would respect him more. Have you ever noticed in the text he didn't say, "Respect is based on his behavior." Respect is based on how you behave before Lord. That's it. It's your obedience. Did you notice that he said, "Love your wife," but he didn't say, "Love her if she act right." That's your obedience. Stop making excuses and waiting on somebody else. Your job is still yours. Y'all probably heard me say this before. Don't give somebody bullets so they can shoot you. I don't do that. No. Cause sooner or later you're gonna realize you loaded your own gun. I'm not gonna give you bullets to shoot me with. And I remember there are moments where I could have. Second thing I always tell people, you take this home with you. Don't break the glass because if you break the glass, that person can't see themselves. I guess what I'm trying to say is you do your job. Let God do with that. But don't go shooting yourself with them. And don't break the glass so they can't see themselves. You, your job is a mirror image of who God is. That's it. Do your job. Because sooner or later, if you keep doing your job, they're gonna have to face the mirror. I don't got a, I don't got the nicest car. But I got a car. And I don't really care about, I like gadgets, but I don't care about like anything else. I like buttons. I get it from my dad. I'm serious. I'm trying not to get off point. My dad, he'll he'll buy a car. And then we all come see the car. We appreciate it. But my dad does this thing. We all do this thing where we drive around the block with the new car or the used car because I only buy used cars. And he'd be like, son, this button. (laughs) Look at it. (laughs) Mind you, we're going 10 miles an hour, so I have no idea what this button does. But he presses it. But I looked at my car in the manual one day because I was talking to Papa Scott. Papa Scott knows how to fix everything. And he was talking about, man, I got to do this. So I'm going to need an all-wheel drive car. And I was like, looked at the back of my car. I was like, I have an all-wheel drive car. And I was like, well, why do you need an all-wheel drive car? He's like, because the terrain will be different where I'm going. I said, wow. So the all-wheel drive helps me in Houston. He was like, absolutely not. It doesn't matter in Houston because we're flat. I was like, dang it. Well, I have a button, though. And I have all-wheel drive. Because he was saying that sometimes when one tire is stuck or if the front tires are stuck, the back ones are still working. So that if you're in snow and you're in some thick snow, the back tires are working while the front tires are working. So the car can move no matter the terrain. That if you're on a mountain, that all tires are spinning, not just the front or the back. The problem with marriage is that that the tougher your terrain gets, it reveals if you're in front wheel drive or back wheel drive. That some of us are only functioning on front wheel drive the wife is trying, but the husband's not. Then some of us are functioning on back wheel drive where the husband is trying and the wife is not. And God's like, no, 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 no. In order for you to get through all the terrains of your marriage, you need all wheels and all wheel drive. (laughs) So I guess what I'm trying to say is, if you're the back wheels, ladies, stop marrying somebody who don't have front wheel drive. And if you're married, all wheels need to start working. That means all wheels need to go back to the Word of God so no crafty person can come into your marriage and say, you try this. All wheels need to be on the Word of God, pressing every button you got to get out of the snow. Some of us are stuck in snow. Some of us are in mud. You're like, "Pierre, you don't know my marriage. You don't know who he is. And I'm like, keep spinning, baby. Keep pressing every button. Because at the end of the day, God's holding him responsible for not getting you out of the mud. That's his job. But I also tell you, If you're single right now, I pray that you know that marriage has to reign in it. He never promised you Houston. All highways, no nothing. He promised a marriage that can go through ups and go through downs. So it's better to have all wheels working. Let us pray.